speak to you about today. How God is good. We're going to come back and we're going to worship a little more here in a little bit. Can we do that? Yeah. I, I got in my car yesterday and I got ready to come over here. I'll ask the musicians to come back here shortly. I'm probably going to be pretty brief. Oh, all the kids are dismissed to go to their class. I got in my car to come here yesterday because that's what I do on Saturdays. I come to prepare and I had three messages started this week and um, I got to the end of my driveway and the Spirit spoke to me and I know it was the Spirit because I had full intentions of my mind to come over here and figure out what God wanted me to do and hear him from God and he spoke to me and said, he turned me around at the end of my driveway, go back, spend the time with your family today, right? He actually spoke to me and said, you remember when you told me if you could go in the full-time ministry, you'd work for me eight hours a day? I said, yeah, God, I remember that. Anybody ever make promises to God before? Yes. He'll remind you of them sometimes down the road. Right. He said, you're going to do that through the week. I'm going I, I, to put, so Saturdays I'm supposed to spend time with my family. Let me know yesterday. So I went back, and he let me know that he's going to take care of the service today. Right? Yeah. So I'm expecting something great when the Spirit's going to take care of the service today. Yeah. It's not on me anymore. I don't have to worry about if I'm good enough, if I can, if I can pass this church, because he's got this. And I know that he's good enough, right? So I'm going to need a few amens and hallelujahs today, head noddings. Yeah. And then later when we worship God again, I want you to worship him with all your heart. Right? Yeah. You don't need to hold that chair down in front of you. It's not going to go anywhere, I promise you. They sit here all week even when you're not here. So my family, this week, we went on what we call vacation. And we went to nine services in five days. So it wasn't really a lot of a vacation like you'd think of a vacation. We went to church on Sunday night. We drove all day Sunday. We went to church Sunday night and then mornings and evenings after that. So we, we were in a church that normally has about 150, and they said, but there was two to 300 people in the church. They had extra seating everywhere in it, and it was a, a newer building. And um, anyway, there were two or 300 people in there, and everybody, I didn't see anybody holding down the back of the chair. Everybody was involved in the service. There were people dancing in the spirit. There were people running around the building in the spirit every once in a while. They were praising, right? They were worshiping. There were people slain in the spirit. Every, every time we went to service, I believe, there were people slain in the spirit. There were people healed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Come on, that's something to get excited about. Yes. Yes. I'd like to bring that right here to Excelsior Springs. Yes. Not bring it here. It's already here. God's already here. He, he came with us, right? But we have to respond to him. Right. Amen? When he nudges us, when he quickens us, we step over his leading so many times. How many, God, how many times you heard something good or God nudge you a little bit and you don't let that amen out? Yeah. You don't, you don't, I don't want to run around the room. I don't want to raise my hands. I'm worried about what people might think of me. Yeah. I don't want to run around the room. I don't want to do a little dig and, a jig and dance around for God. Yeah. I'm, uh, somebody might see me and I might look undignified. But we don't care about it when we're at the ball field, Right? We don't care about it when we're at things that we care about. What are we interested in there? Right? So we were in a church of two to 300 people, that, and, and, and probably 200 of them were participating in this. right? Out of, out of 300, there was probably 200 people. Everybody was participating, some, but there, it, was, it was going on there, right? They were jumping up and down. And so Grace, our nine-year-old, the little redhead, if you don't know, she got baptized in the Spirit. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. God is good. She was sitting beside me one night, and my girls took turns sitting beside me. We, we got to sit in the front because we were pastors, and Grace sat on the aisle, and I said, Do you, he, he called, the pastor of the church called out for, for anybody that wanted to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and, and I said, do you want to go? And she popped up and went right up there. He laid hands on her, and he explained it in an, in an excellent way that I'm going to use from now on, but he, he, he laid hands on her, and she started speaking in tongues right there. So, right, me and Brenda went up another time, and, and we were both slain in the spirit. Brenda went up a different time, and, and she was healed, right? And I want to thank you all for allowing us to go to that. 
anybody who covered for us, who, who, who was here and, and did things, I, did, I thank you for those things, that we, we could go do those things. So um, Pastor Nancy Dufresne, she, she was the speaker at the, in the evenings, and she spoke on Sunday night the message that I got the most out of, and I, can't, I, I just can't get it off my heart, I can't get it off my mind, and God get, told me to give it to you again today, right? And, and, and just like when I hear any message, it's not going to be exactly what, the way she preached it, but, but I'm going to give you what God gave me out of it. Can I do that? Yeah. I got a lot of word today. But I want you to get this. I told you, how many times today have I told you, God is good? That seems so cliche and it's so easy to say. And many times you can say, God is good, and someone will say, all the time. But I don't think we really have a, we really have a relation of it. We don't, we don't really get it, right? In Psalms 1, 18 and 1, you need to go back and read these scriptures over and over and over again this week. Because there's a lot to God's goodness, yeah. right? God is good, right? It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We could stay right there for the rest of the day. God is good. He's good. God's word says he's good, so he's good because his word is infallible. His word is true all the time, right? He's good. Can, can we just say that God is good all the time, every day? God is good, right? His mercy, because, I'm reading the King James, because his mercy endureth forever. So he's good not because of my performance. Not because of what I did or how good I am, yeah. right, or what I can accomplish, but because of his goodness. He's just good because he's good, because of his goodness, right? This word mercy means goodness or kindness, faithfulness. God is always faithful to be good because his word says he's good. Amen? Yeah. His word's always true, so he's always going to be good. He's always been good. He always will be good. Yes. God is good, right? This word forever, because his mercy endureth forever. This word ever means forever, right? <laughs> we, we think we know what forever means, but everlasting, this is all out of the Hebrew. Everlasting, evermore, perpetual, which means ongoing, old, ancient world, always has been good, right? Ancient time, long time of past and of future, forever, always, continuous existence, Perpetual, everlasting, indefinite, future or eternity, right? Unending future or eternity. So it's easy to say God is good, but do we really get it, right? Think about this. He's been good as far back as however forever goes. He's going to be good for as far forward as however forever goes. It's indefinite. You see, it's infinite, Brother Adam. You know what infinity means because you're an electrician, right? It's infinite. It's, it, it, can't be, it can't be determined. There's no number you can put on it. 24-7. Yeah. All those days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? right. All the time. God is good all the time. We have to understand that, right? He's also just. You can say, well, he judges people. He does this. He, he's also just because his word says he's just, but he's always good. Always have been, always going to be. He's good. No matter what situation you're going through, doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the circumstances. God is good. Amen. See, people get mixed up so many times. We get confused that we want to blame God for things, things that happen. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But God is good. God doesn't do those bad things. He doesn't kill babies. He doesn't, you get what I'm saying? God is good. God is good. We may be even mad at God. Some of us have been in that boat, right? Maybe even mad at God. It was God's goodness that sent Jesus to the cross 
to shed his blood for you. How are you going to be mad at that? It was his goodness. It was his goodness, right? Jesus shed his blood so we could be reconciled back to God, so that it would cover sin once and for all, right? For our health. The veil was torn when we were reconciled back to God. We can go boldly to the throne of God. In fact, the Bible says that we're seated at the right hand of God with Christ. Now, it's not, God, it's not Jesus sitting next to God in a bunch of little tiny thrones that we're in. We're seated with Christ right next to God. I'm going to get into this a little bit more later but we're in, a, in another date. But we're seated right next to God with Christ, right? Think about that. God is good. We're, we're praying to God like he's in some faraway place, and we're, we're trying to hit him somewhere way over there out there in heaven somewhere with our prayers. But we're seated right here. If we'd get that. God is so good that he sent his son to pay the price for that, that we could be reconciled, right? For health, for blessing, for peace, for joy, for victory, for authority. And it's all because of his goodness. God is good. Do we even realize, can we even wrap our little eight-pound brain around how good this God is? He's so good, right? Lamentation says, in 323 says, this is King James again, it is of the Lord's mercy, right? What's mercies mean? His goodness, right? It is of his goodness that we are not consumed. We want to put things on God that he's not responsible for when it was probably the ball in our court or somebody else's court, right? Amen? Things happen that we put into play. Things happen that other people are responsible for, the enemy is responsible for, but we want to put it on God. But it's because of his mercy, because of his goodness that he hasn't already consumed us, right? Because his compassion fail not. And 23 says, they are, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God's goodness is renewed every day, Brother Adam. And when we wake up in the morning, he's good again. I can't say the same thing for me because I have spells, Right? I might have a fit. I might have a tantrum. I'm just talking about me today. You all can put it on if it fits you too, but I'm talking about me. But God's good every day, all day long. Every day, all day long, right? In Psalms 135, 1 through 3, it says, Praise ye the Lord. God gave me this before we even ever went down there. He gave me this a couple weeks ago, and I knew that I had to preach on it, but I'm just going to use it in this one, all right? We may come back and use this scripture again, right? You can't exhaust the word of God. Praise ye the Lord. Notice this word praise is used five times in two verses. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him. O ye servants of the Lord. We're all servants of the Lord, right? Ye that stand in the house of the Lord. We're in the house of the Lord right now, right? In the courts of his house of our God. Praise the Lord. You notice the theme here? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. For the Lord is good. Praise him because he's good. Church, we should be able to get our hand off the back of the chairs. We ought, to be able to, we ought to be able to cut that little jig. We ought to be able to run around the building just because he's good. How good he's been to me. Is he good to you? Is it just me? Even with all my faults, even with my failures, he's still good. He's always good. He's always been good, and I can count on him to be good again tomorrow because he's always going to be good, right? Sing praises unto his name, for he is pleasant. Now, I want to give you a definition right here. 
You might think it's undignified to dance around, be slain in the spirit, speak in tongues, run. However your flesh responds to the, to the I'm not talking about weirdness. I'm not, I'm not talking about just acting like a fool in church. I'm talking about when the spirit gets on you, we respond to him. Does that make sense? Let me give you the definition for this word praise right here. This is from the Bible dictionary. I did not make this up. It says, to be clear, written right in the Bible dictionary. I just copy and pasted it on my page. To be clear of sound. Sound comes out of your mouth, right? Why? Because he's good, right? Because he's good. Of sound, but usually of color, to shine. Hence, to make a show. To make a show. That doesn't mean stand there with your hands on the back of the chair and chew your bubble gum, right? Doesn't mean get your telephone out and pretend in your Bible app, but you're texting in church or looking at Facebook. And I know you're looking at Facebook because I see your post when church is over. <laughs> Can I get an amen right there? It says with your mouth, make a show, right? To boast, that's not all. That's not all. To boast, what are we boasting on? His goodness, right? It says it right there because he is good. To boast and thus to be clamorous. Clamorous, right? To be clamorous. We're boasting. We're praising him, right? It goes on to say, foolish. It's okay to act a fool in church, Sister Sue, when you're led by the Spirit too. When he says, get up and stomp your feet, right? And dance around and do a little jig for him and run around the church, it's okay. That's what it says right here, right? Amen? Foolish, to rave, to celebrate. Think about King David. When he came back and he was, he was praising God for his goodness, he stripped his clothes off. Talk about acting a fool. Now, I'm not telling you to strip your clothes off today in church. That's not what I mean by that. But look what he did. He stripped his clothes off and danced in front of his whole kingdom because he was praising God. It wasn't because of him or himself or he was showing off. It was to praise God and all of God's goodness, right? Pastor Joel, the man that did the, the, did the classes in the morning, he said that he used to live next to an NFL football player. And, and he said he don't know why the guy didn't ever get his plans together beforehand, but it would always be they would, he would come over and he would put tickets to the football game under their flower pot. And I, I think he was a lineman or something, the way, the way the story sounded. But anyway, so they would get home from church, and they would miss all the tailgating and everything. And they, they had another parishioner in their church that lived near to there, lived, lived right across from the stadium. So they, he, they allowed them to park their car in their driveway, and they could walk right over the stadium and go in, and right at the time the game was starting. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Missed all the tailgating and stuff. He said, before you know it, something good would happen in the game, and you'd find yourselves in the arms of a stranger. They'd be hugging and dancing around and then screaming and hollering and all the things that happen. Can you picture this? Yeah. Any of y'all ever done this? I never hugged a stranger, but I've got excited at a ball game before, right? You get excited at your kids' events or, or different things. Brother Adam's shaking his head, no, but you get excited about something. If you get a new mountain bike, you get excited, I'm pretty sure. Is that where it's at? We get excited about some things, though, right? He said, he said we'd find ourselves in the arms of a stranger, and we'd be hugging them, and we'd be like, oh, this is kind of weird, and they'd back out. And they knew who was for their team, because they were the ones celebrating. Yeah. They were the ones praising and, and, and being happy, and they knew why these people were like this is because they were full, because they showed up for the tailgating, right? They were full of spirits. The church needs to be full of spirit, right? We need to be full of the spirit that we're up and praising God and clamoring, right, and acting foolish and raving. And I'm not talking about being unsound. I'm not talking about unsound doctrine. I'm not talking about it's just acting crazy 
and getting nonsense. You get what I'm saying, right? I'm talking about responding to the Spirit. When he, when, when he quickens us to do something, when the Spirit gets on us, it's okay. It's okay to speak in tongues. If you're, if you're part of the, the, fi, or of, of the, uh, the Spirit, the, uh, what's it called? We speak in tongues, you interpret. What's it called, Sister Kendall? Not the fivefold ministry. When the Spirit uses you, the moving the Spirit in the church. If, if it's part of that, though, you can do it. I can't think of the word right now. You speak in tongues, you have... Uh, the gifts of the Spirit. That's it right there. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> if, if you have giftings of the Spirit, if the Spirit's moving you in that way, it's okay to operate in that in church. It's all right to look undignified when it's, when, when it's the Spirit willing, right? He said, Pastor Joel said, you know how we knew who wasn't for our team? The ones who weren't celebrating. They were for the other team. Think about that in church. You know the ones that aren't celebrating, the ones that aren't praising, they're working for somebody else. Amen. They're fellowshipping with somewhere. Their fellowship is somewhere else. Yeah. Think about that when we're praising here a little bit. You don't want to look around and let them see that my fellowship's for the other side. So I'm going to praise God, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Psalms 109, 21 and 22 says, But you, O God, the Lord, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me. Because he's good. He'll deliver us, right? For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Whatever your situation is today, say it with me. God is good. God is good. He wants to deliver you out of it. He wants to do whatever it need, whatever we need. He wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to fill us if we need to be filled, right? But we got to praise him for that thing. God is good. Jesus said, he saw Satan, Satan fall like lightning. We, we, we put limitations on God so many times by thinking, well, he won't do it for me. He may have did it for Sister Duda, but he's not going to do it for me, right? Yeah. Jesus said he saw Satan fall like lightning. Yeah. Now think about this. There's two opposing forces here, but there's really no power struggle. No. Satan fell like lightning. He opposed God. Brother Joel said this. He opposed God, and it was like this. God flicked him to the earth. Bam! Lightning went off and he went down. That's how much greater God's power is than Satan's power. Just a little flip. And he used his ring finger. And he was kind of a nerdy guy, so I hope he's not listening to this. But I don't know if he did this on purpose, if this was natural for him. But for me, my ring finger is one that doesn't have as much strength in it. So he spoke to me in using his ring finger when he said, bam! Because that wasn't even God's best finger. And he flipped him to earth. Like he was nothing, right? Yeah. There's no power struggle there. God has power to deliver us from whatever we want to be delivered from today, right? There's no power struggle. Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 says this. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking God. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Think about these, think about these cherubim, cherubim. This is reminding me of this, these cherubim that are in God's chamber, and they're, they're with him all the time. What do they say? Remember that in Revelation? Holy, 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 holy. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to be a great singer. It comes from your heart. Praise comes from your heart, right? Let's read on. It says, For his mercy endures forever, that the house and the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud, right? So you get this picture? 
so that the priests could not continue to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. And one translation says the priests could not even stand. They couldn't stand in the house of God to minister in the house of God because the, all the people were praising God. We say we want all these Holy Ghost meetings and things. We want all this to happen. We want to see people healed. We want to see lives change. I want my life to change. When they all praised God, they got one mind and one accord. They praised God. The glory of the Lord filled the church so thick that the priest couldn't even stand up in the church. Oh, y'all, is, is that it? <laughs> Me and Brenda are excited about it. I wish you all could have been here. I wish you could have been here. We all have to get that zeal to spread about us, right? We've all got to press into God. We've all got to be willing to move in his flow, right? <clears throat> praise have to be, has to be from the heart because he is good, right? We tend to praise God when things are going our way. When we get the answer we want. When I feel good in the morning, I get up and say, hey, hallelujah, God is good. And I'll go around and spread the word and I'll tell everybody that I'm in a good mood and I'm zealous. But if I don't get the answer I want, I pout. Who, she says. That must have fit her. Put that on, Seth. Wear it around a little bit. If we don't get the answer we want, we pout, right? When we're going through a trial, what do we do, church? We magnify the problem. We magnify the problem. I didn't get my way in this. I didn't get to do that. I, I, you get what I'm saying? You've heard Christians talk before. We've heard ourselves. Some of these same things come out of our own mouths, right? Worry is an accusation against his goodness. Think about that. It's an accusation against God's goodness. When I'm worried about how things are going to turn, he already told you how it's going to turn out. He already told you you're her sons and daughters. Praise him because he's good. Think about it. It's all true. I ain't telling no lies today. When we worry and stress out about things, we're not trusted in him. He's good. When is he good? Always. That's a big word, right? Always. From before to, Buzz Lightyear says, to infinity and beyond. Right? That's where God's good at. Instead of praising him and focusing on him and magnifying his goodness, when we're going through a trial, I'm still talking about, right? And in spending time acknowledging his goodness instead of acknowledging the problem, this is a good time to say amen. amen. Amen, that's good, right? We need to spend time on his goodness. God is good all the time. Yeah. Not what the devil can do and what he, the things he showed us, the imagination he's given us, and the things that, we, we, that, our, that our flesh wants to worry about. Sometimes we've got to shut that flesh down. Yeah. Amen? amen? Focus on his goodness. Spend time acknowledging his goodness. Imagine how much better your attitude would be. Instead of focused on what went wrong and what I didn't get and how things are going bad for me, if I focus on how good God is and what his promises are, what I possess, I'm God's son. If we just really get that and praise him just because I'm your son, God, I'm adopted into your family, I have an inheritance, right? If I would just focus on that, how much better would my attitude be? How much more things would those things come into fruition if I'm talking about those and confessing those and using my authority on those things instead of the other things, the things that the world wants me to come into fellowship with, the flow that the world has. I can come into his flow or I can be in their flow. So much of the time we're in the wrong flow, church. God is good. 
He's good all the time. He's not trying to beat us up with this message today. He's good. He wants us to repent. Because of his goodness, we can repent, and we can get back into his flow. We can flow with him. Amen? This is good. I got a lot out of it, whether you are or not. This is what spoke to me the most through the whole week. Because so often we get so busy thinking, I got to do this. I have to do that. I've got to be better at this. I got to do this thing. I got to do that thing. And when I put it all on me, you know what happens, Brother Adam? I fail. I fail. And then he says, you're not good enough. You can't do that. You can't pass that church. You can't go there. You can't do this. Even though God already said that I could. And it's God's goodness. It's not through what I can do. It's because of his goodness. All I got to do is stand in his goodness, praise him. Praise him because he is good. Even when it don't look good, he's still good. And I can still praise him just because he is good. Not because of what my situation looks like, but because of what he says. Right? And because who he is and because I am who I am because of him, right? Remember the definition of praise? Could you all come back up to the platform? At least, at least Katie and Delana. Or Brother Adam, you can come if you like to. Or Brother Stephan, it's up to you all. But I just want to praise God. Can we do that? Remember the definition of praise? To shine. Y'all ready to shine this morning? Don't care what the people behind you look like or think about it. The people around you think about it. We're doing this for God, right? I, I started singing in the car this week because I was happy and I was excited. And I was praising God and Grace said something like, good Lord, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> I said, I'm not singing to you anyway. And I sing loud usually in church. And if you all don't think I sound very good, do me a favor and sing louder and drown me out. It'll be all right. If you're a better singer than me, just cut loose with it. It's okay. If you're not a better singer than me, cut loose with it. Because God's word says, make a joyful noise. It sounds good to him. I don't care what Sister Tony thinks about it. It sounds good to God. She can like my singing or not. Right? I'm here to praise him. It says to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish. Anybody ready to act a fool today? To rave, to celebrate, right? God's power is always on. It's kind of like a light switch. We pay the bill, so Amor and UE, they put power to the building. Goes to the breaker box, and it comes up here to that switch. Right? There's power at that switch. It may be turned off, it may be turned on. God's power is always on. How will you respond to it this morning? Shows in your praise. Repent if we need to. Get away from the way we've been praising, the way we've been acting, the way that we've been giving glory to the wrong things, the things of the world. You follow what I'm saying? The problems that we have. We've got to give the glory to him. If you haven't praised him right, if you've never praised him right, this is your time to get it right. It's right here, babe. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to guide you. Maybe do something you've never done before. Step out on it, right? Are you all ready? Let's praise.